Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast with your hosts, physical therapists, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett. This podcast will discuss a variety of health-related topics focused on educating the aging adult, allowing for an active lifestyle no matter the age. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. We are your hosts, Dr. Michael Gorman. And Dr. Lauren Bennett. Coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. We are two doctors of physical therapy. And this week, we're here to discuss our topic, which is bone on bone, timing and alternative joint replacements. This week, we're going to offer our insight on alternatives to joint replacements, timing of getting the replacement, and just help you to understand the process and what may be necessary and when it may be necessary as well. We want to educate you basically so that when you're in your doctor's office, in your orthopedic surgeon's office, and you're looking at that knee or hip x-ray, we just want to make sure that you're not overwhelmed. Now, let's define total joint replacement. It is a surgical procedure where damaged parts of a joint are removed and replaced with a prosthesis that is going to replicate normal movement. When we think of total joint replacements, Dr. Bennett, you know, I typically think of knee and hip, but there's other joints that get replaced too, correct? Correct. Knee and hip are the two most common, but I have treated shoulders. Ankles definitely are not as common. Elbows, I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely tends to be more in the weight-bearing joints, but for sure, we're seeing more and more shoulders as well. Well, we're talking about, you know, bone on bone. That's not meant to scare anybody, but it is true. When you look at an x-ray of, let's just say, for example, your knee, your orthopedic surgeon may come in and say you're bone on bone on your knee. So what that just means is your cartilage, which is the shock absorber in your knee or whatever joint you're talking about, that cartilage has worn thin or sometimes worn away. There may be holes in the cartilage where the bone is showing through. You may have what's called osteophytes or more commonly known as bone spurs. All those kinds of things may show up. It's also important to know, I'm sure that Lauren will talk more about this, but you could have a terrible looking x-ray and you don't have anything. So we don't always let the x-ray guide us. But what can happen is most commonly, obviously, you would have surgery because you're having pain. It can start as an achy pain and then progress into sharp pain and tend to worsen. And essentially, it leads to your body no longer moving correctly, you becoming less active and just overall a downward spiral in your physical function. And again, when you're looking at your x-ray, there's obviously different stages of arthritis and you definitely need to speak with your orthopedic surgeon, speak with your physical therapist as well. Because you want to know that just because your x-ray looks a certain way, that doesn't always mean you need surgery immediately. But if you're not going to have surgery, you definitely need to have a conservative treatment and a plan to either prolong the timing of you needing a joint replacement or perhaps avoiding one altogether. Or if you already have a joint replacement, you want to keep that joint healthy and last as long as I can. So before I let Lauren jump in here, I'm going to tell just a little story. I started treating a patient. Oh, let's see. It's, what is it now? It's September 1st. I can't believe the year is way over half over now. And unfortunately that means summer is just about over. One day, maybe I'll live in uh, 
the Florida Keys where it's always summer. I don't know. Dr. Benno, what's your favorite city? If you could live anywhere in the United States, where do you think you live? I think I'd go to out west, California. There. I'd probably go to Hawaii, to be honest with you. Yep, yep. I think that'd be a pretty awesome place. But anyway, sorry, I got to think back to what the <laughs> What were we talking about? I don't know what I was. Oh, I was going to chat to the story. So anyway, this is probably back in early June. It's September now. I started treating a patient with hip pain. He had pain on the kind of the outside of his leg, going down his leg to his knee and to his ankle. And he had seen the orthopedic surgeon already. And the top part of his leg bone, which called your femur, so the head of his femur was not looking very good. It was sort of flattened out. It wasn't a nice round ball. He had some bone spurs and his surgeon, who I highly respect, told him that he thought he needed to get a total hip. Well, the patient wanted to avoid that at all costs. He didn't feel like maybe he had, per se, classic symptoms of someone needing a total hip. And so he reached out to us and we started therapy. And although I do think part of his pain was coming from his hip, also there was part of his pain coming from his lower back as well. And here we are. It's been... I don't know, three months, and we've probably seen him a total of 16, 17 times. His hip pain is gone. His leg pain is very, very sporadic. And essentially, we've gone from someone who unfortunately felt he needed a total hip replacement, he needed a new hip, to someone now that, you know, he could be years away from needing an hip at all. And so, I'm not going to say that every patient that's bone on bone, we have success stories, but it is important to understand that just because the x-ray looks a certain way, we always recommend conservative treatment. So I'm going to have Lauren jump in here and she's got all kinds of numbers for you guys. I do have some statistics today. So the hip and the knee are the two most common replacements performed in the body. And almost 800,000 knee replacements are performed each year in the U.S. By 2030, total knee replacements are projected to grow to 3.5 million procedures per year. They're just becoming a lot more common. Nearly half of American adults will develop knee OA in at least one knee in their lifetime. Whoa, wait a minute. There you go again with your fancy words, Dr. Bennett. So OA, you can refer to a prior podcast we did, but stands for osteoarthritis. 60% of those total knees are performed on women. More than one in 10 Americans will have a total knee replacement by the time they are 80. But the average person to undergo a total joint is 70 Last statistic here, more than 90% of people who undergo replacement experience a dramatic reduction in knee pain. So I would say that's pretty consistent. The majority, majority of patients that I treat after a total knee, especially while the first four weeks or so may be horrible and painful, talk to them months or especially a year later. And I have rarely ran into somebody that has regretted it. I agree. I think that's very much so the exception when someone has a bad experience, but you brought up a really good point. I think we're going to talk about it here shortly, but you have to, if you're going to have a total joint replacement, especially a total knee, and I would say total shoulder, you have to be very committed to your rehab process post-surgery because it is very involved and we'll get through it all, but you have to commit to it just because you have a new joint in there. It just means the work has started. Yes, that's very accurate and a very good point. It's truly hard work and a full-time job, to be honest. 
You're expected to do these exercises to improve your range of motion, decrease your swelling after replacement. We're getting ahead of ourselves with the the next podcast topic, but it is a full-time job. It's not easy work. So think about that when we're talking today about the timing of a replacement. Is it for you? And what can you do to prevent it? That it's not the easy road to just say, yep, let's do it. And I'll be better after. It's a totally different type of rehab. So stay tuned to next time. But we're going to move on to figure out what caused my pain. So like Dr. Gorman mentioned earlier, you may have arthritis, you may have these bone spurs, decreased joint space on your x-ray and not even know it because you haven't had an x-ray. And so just a little tiny side, but here, my husband's grandpa the other day, he was playing pickleball and something we like to do together. And he like thought he tweaked his knee. And then of course, you know, I looked at it and said, well, you know, I don't think you did anything major to it. It's not locking up. I don't think you have any type of cartilage or anything stuck in the joint, but I said, you could have aggravated some arthritis you didn't know you had. So a couple of days later, it goes by and I see him for dinner. I said, well, how's your knee doing? Well, I went to the doctor and I got an x-ray and yes, I have some arthritis. So just goes to say that you could totally live, not even know you have it. And then all of a sudden you have this mechanism of injury, whether you took a fall, bumped it on something or have an overuse injury. Maybe you went for a walk on an uneven surface. It doesn't matter. And then it starts stirring up. You go to the doctor, you get the x-ray and now you're diagnosed with arthritis. So Now we're going to discuss conservative treatments and ways to deal with that. It does not mean that now you need to start talking about a joint replacement. There's different levels of arthritis that your knee or hip or whatever joint you're talking about has wear and tear on it. So kneeling several hours while gardening, that is something that even gets to my knees. So think about that. Sitting on a stool, other things just to help your knees. You want to decrease that compression on the joint to help slow the irritation of your knees. Sometimes it's hard to pinpoint a direct event that something happened, but maybe you have years of wear and tear. Maybe you were an athlete, had a repetitive or vigorous job. It could also be, I've seen this too, posture-based. We could we could blame it on our genetics. Some people have knock knee, they have bowing out knees. You just can't prevent it. Or maybe you missed that window of timing through adolescence of growing when you have flat feet or high arches and you just didn't know any better that that would later on many years later affect your knee joint itself. So you'll go and you'll get that x-ray and then the inner side of your knee or the outer side of your knee joint may show a lot of compression, a lot of wear and tear, but the other side of the knee may be completely healthy. We've seen that as well. Now, I would say another cause, as we're talking about specifically knee and a knock need, is that poor footwear. Poor footwear is that people wear throughout their life is tremendous because think about when we're weight-bearing. And I think in one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about all the extra force that gets put through our knee every step that we take. And if then if you don't, from the ground up, if you don't have the appropriate footwear, more stress to your knee. Yeah. As with anything, if you're affecting one joint, it's usually going to affect the next joint right next to it. Absolutely. So at this point, it it really doesn't matter what has caused your pain, but we want to know how do I get rid of it? So most people's first call, I would say, is usually to their primary care physician, or maybe you already have an orthopedist or someone. An x-ray may then be ordered. And then you're going to discuss those x-rays. So like Dr. Gorman said at the beginning, we want to help you understand your x-ray and not to be intimidated by it. 
by those words, joint space narrowing, which is just a more of a compression on your x-ray or osteophytes, also known as bone spurs. Typically, these just occur during areas of stress. So in arthritis or in your knees, especially and your shoulders, if you have stress to a bone, the bone responds to that stress by trying to help. So it essentially lays down more bone. And then now you get these protrusions of bone, which affects the mechanics of the joint and can also lead to pain, which is when people start feeling this pain sometimes. So as we are physical therapists, we're definitely going to advocate for physical therapy to be your first course of treatment. So you'll speak with your primary care or your orthopedist, have the x-ray, discuss the x-ray, and then hopefully physical therapy is ordered at that time. Now you'll be evaluated by a physical therapist. Can I interject here something? I don't mean to, to be rude, but make sure that when your doctor sees you, whether it be primary care or orthopedic surgeon, and you had an x-ray taken, make sure that that doctor, that physician actually sits down with you and goes over the x-ray. That is absolutely, I'm just going to stand up on a soapbox here. That's one of my pet peeves is when a patient does get an x-ray and it's never ever shown to them. And I would say if that ever happens to you, that would not be a physician I would want to operate on me because you need to know what's going on. I'm not saying they need to look, you know, explain the x-ray for an hour to you, but it needs at least to be shown because we had a family experience where some of my family went to see a physician for an ankle issue and she had an x-ray and he didn't even pull it up and show her. So Anyway, I'm going to step off my soapbox and let you continue. But just people in our community, our goal is, we, we don't say it enough, but our goal is longevity and healthy longevity for every member of our community. And really, you need to have that explained to you. That's a very good point. So at this time, if you've made it to a physical therapist, that's your next step. They'll do a complete examination and evaluation of your knee joint, shoulder, hip, whatever you are seeking treatment for. And things that they're going to look for, they're going to ask you, how bad is your pain on a scale, usually zero to 10? They're going to measure your range of motion, test your strength, just look at your functional mobility and movement mechanics. How well are you squatting? Are you compensating? They'll look at your footwear. They really, really provide a thorough evaluation for you. And maybe they're going to see things beyond that x-ray. Maybe they'll find that your knee alignment could be poor from a posture issue or a footwear issue, but your hip strength is horrible. And if you tackle that, usually it helps affect the alignment at the knee, takes away the pain. So really do not let the x-ray be your first course of whether you're going to decide to get a replacement or not. Um, totally not accurate. Speak with someone who has doctored a physical therapy that can really look at the full picture and help you. Functional things that we typically see specifically for the knee here, this is a lot knee-based with a lot of this stuff, but things you may have trouble doing with knee osteoarthritis, you'll find that you have pain or more difficulty with getting out of a chair or your car, squatting in particular, walking specifically on uneven surfaces or inclines and then going up and down stairs specifically the down phase is typically a lot more compressive to the joint and more troublesome for people so dr gorman can you help us understand the process of arthritis and when it happens absolutely i'd love to i was uh 
enjoying you talking for the last five, six, seven minutes. So now it's my turn. But I think it's key to understand that joint arthritis, whatever joint you're talking about, ankle, knee, hip, it does not happen overnight, guys. It's something that takes years and years. And many people, I'd say a lot of people, they have, and also we, we haven't even talked about the spine, but very common to get arthritis in the spine. And they're starting to do disc replacement surgeries, which is another topic for a future podcast. But it doesn't happen overnight. So you're probably living with joint space narrowing and those ugly looking bone spurs. You probably have those and you had those for a while before one day you started having pain. So again, there's different progressions of arthritis. And as Lauren said earlier, just because the x-ray shows one thing doesn't mean, oh, I've got to have surgery. But at some point in time, that pain is going to become harder, probably will become harder to calm down. It's really at this point in time that pain begins to get a little bit more debilitating. You become a little bit more physically disabled. It's that time when you should probably start thinking, okay, I've got to get treatment. So I've got to get treatment at that point in time. Dr. Bennett already talked about some potential treatment as being what we know best, which is physical therapy treatment. But there's also things such as injections, medications, uh, non-surgical procedures, and something that we do have to be honest in, weight management is a part of it. Let's say, for example, you're 30 pounds overweight. I've seen people 30 pounds overweight and they lose the weight and guess what? Their pain didn't go away. Sometimes it decreases, sometimes not. But either way, if you're overweight, we definitely need to work on that for a variety of health reasons. So as we move along the progression, at some point in time, if you've exhausted your conservative measures and things haven't improved and you're still not having the lifestyle you want, then a total joint replacement is necessary. And that's really when you get to the point where pain is present at rest, again, you see your posture, the legs starting to bow in or out. You have this continual stiffness and swelling and just all this stuff that you can't deal with it anymore. And it is very true because I have many patients that go see their orthopedic surgeon. And if the patient doesn't want to have surgery at that time, they go, okay, that's fine. And the patient almost always asks, well, when should I come back and see you? Most times, and it's very true, and it's a good thing, the orthopedic surgeon says you'll know when it's time. So you'll know when it's time. This is very personal to you as to when symptoms get so bad that you know you need a joint replacement at that point in time. Research has shown that 90% of replacements last greater than 10 years and 85% last greater than 20 years. I've had patients in their 50s that had total knees and total hips, and I've had a patient... In the upper 80s that have had total knees, you know, they used to think that, oh, if you're past 75 or 80, you're not going to have a total joint done because, well, we're going to look at your lifespan. And, well, guess what? People now are living healthy to be 100. So it's not uncommon, regardless of your age. Now, if you're 89 and not healthy, that would be something I would really think hard about whether you should have surgery or not. But if you're 89 and healthy, I see no problem with getting a whatever, total knee, total hip done. You have to just figure out when it's the right time for you. And as I know, we're going to talk about from a rehab standpoint, you have to have your total joint when it's time. 
you have to have it done at a time that you know you're going to be able to commit to the physical therapy rehab process because it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's a chore, but it's definitely going to be tedious. You're going to work very, very hard and it's going to be a tough few months. But anyway, I think we're at a good point in time for a commercial break. I think uh, Laura and I need to get some water. So please enjoy this commercial from PT, and we'll be back in just a minute. PT is proud to be the sponsor for the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. PT is a mobile physical therapy company based out of St. Louis, Missouri and expanding throughout the United States. We bring a unique one-on-one physical therapy experience to the privacy, safety, and convenience of our patient's home, office setting, or the location of their choice. For more information about PT, please go to www.imovephysicaltherapy.com or feel free to email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Have a great day. Welcome back. Now we're going to discuss the alternative to replacements. So maybe you think you can prolong it a little bit more and you want to try something a little bit more conservative. We've already talked about starting with PT. So the goals of those PT sessions are usually to decrease your pain and inflammation, improve your range of motion to have more flexibility in the joint, increase the strength and stability of the joint, which all of that three combined then improves your function. So your ability to get in and out of the car, squat, go up and down stairs, all of that. Those are the main goals of therapy. But of course, when you have a therapist, you guys are going to come up with a more of an individualized plan and goals for yourself. Some other suggestions that more orthopedists do are pain management doctors. You may have heard the term PRP which is platelet-rich plasma or stem cell injections. That'll be a topic of a future podcast, so stay tuned. But those are some injections that they do within the joint to try to help minimize that bone-on-bone and increase another layer of cartilage for you. So stay tuned on that. But I think that the total takeaway message here today from Dr. Gorman and I is that it's truly a personal decision. And when he talks about the orthopedists who tell their patients, You'll know and you know, and I have heard that a lot. You get to the point where it's just truly affecting your quality of life. That's what it comes down to. You can't do the things you enjoy anymore. You can't walk. You can't take your grandchildren to the park. Over time, you just, you know, you know, and you say now is the time. So I have seen patients wait too long. They don't want to do it. They're afraid of it. Now they've gotten to a point where their mobility is severely compromised They have a total reduction in strength and stability of the joint. And so then they end up having to get the replacement and they have a lot more strength deficits and range of motion problems than they could have had had they had the replacement sooner. A study by the Northwestern Medicine shows that 90% of patients who would benefit from replacement waited too long. But there was also a study out there that showed that 25% of patients may have had it too prematurely. So it truly is multifactorial. It's a personal decision that you need to discuss with your orthopedic surgeon, your family. The time has to be right for you. It's very personal. Other factors you have to consider and your doctor are going to consider your age, your pain treatment history, your medical history, your level of pain, and your function. So I think that trying physical therapy first is really key because even if you end up going with the replacement anyways, later on, 
it didn't do you any harm. It was not a waste of time. You're just going to have that much more strength built up prior to surgery. And I have a question for you, Lauren. Have you worked with patients before that have had both knees replaced at the same time? Like, what's your opinion on that? Okay, just curious. So I've treated two patients in the last five years that have had that happen. And from what I understand is that it's extremely rare and it's very hard to find an orthopedic surgeon to do so. But these are for like the very, very, very motivated patients that I've had who have very active and understand that it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's pretty rare. I would say... Yeah. I can count on one hand the number of patients in my long career that probably have had both at the same time. It can be done, but I think it's so physically daunting to take that task on. Yes. Really, you get home and you have to, you have to go up a couple of stairs. You're looking at the stairs like, what am I supposed to do? Apparently, <laughs> if both my knees have been operating. So get yourself a good physical therapist to help you get back into the house. It's funny you mentioned that. I've also had patients that they need both of them done, but then they choose which one they want to do first. And then they say that they're going to get the second one done like in a couple months. And then they get the first one done. They're like, yeah, forget about that second one. And then I say, talk to me in a couple months when life is looking a little bit better. And then they usually carry through with that second one. So don't let it scare you, but it is hard work like uh, Dr. Gorman and I have said. I would say just some advice there. My experience tells me that typically... A six-month wait time is appropriate because you want to make sure that you're not going to be fully healed from the one you just had surgery on after six months, but you're pretty far down the path. But if you have the second one done too early, it's a lot, lot of stress. So, And when we talk about the risk factors of waiting too long or having it done too early, like we just talked about in that study, I mean, really waiting too long, you can have just a reduction in your quality of life, which could lead to depression can take longer to heal after surgery, take you longer to get your range of motion back, your pain controlled and your swelling down. And then to regain the strength, you'll just become like this. We talked about this downward spiral. And then what if you have it too soon? Well, I don't really hear this much anymore, but you know, the implants only last so long, but with the technology they have, I'm hearing like 20 plus years. I have never come into a problem where somebody's implant wore out and they had to have have another one in their lifetime. Even when people have a traumatic injury, say a car accident or something, and they had to have one at the age of 40. Granted, I don't see those patients. It hasn't right. been 20 years since that time, but I have not had a patient that have had to have one redone. But you do have to be careful. I mean, the whole running, jumping, there are certain activities after replacement that you're not supposed to do anymore. It's that repetitive impact that can cause what we call this mechanical loosening of a joint or wear out the cement a little faster. So you will learn that there are some things that are more encouraged to do, like swimming or biking or playing golf rather than basketball or something that involves a lot of jumping and repetitive contact. Our cap today we want you to take away from this podcast is that it truly is a personal decision and it should be discussed with your orthopedic surgeon. The most common replacement in the body is the knee. And most people are likely to experience osteoarthritis in at least one knee in your lifetime. And then lastly, we just want to help you understand your x-ray. There are alternatives to total joint replacements if it's not severe osteoarthritis and it needs to be discussed with a doctor or a physical therapist. Well, I must say that I'm much more educated right now than I was 30 minutes ago. Thank you, Dr. Bennett, for putting all this together. But thank you all, our community, for joining us today. We hope you learned something about secondary options to joint replacements, 
when the timing is right to get that surgery. And then just the fact that, as uh, Lauren has said, it's a very personal decision as to when you do get it done. So if you and your doctor do end up deciding a joint replacement is right for you, in our next podcast, we'll discuss acute care immediately following your joint replacement. So we'll go over some tips to help you recover after your knee replacement or hip replacement as quickly as possible, what to look out for, and, you know, just your basic expectations in the first few months to a year following your surgery. As always, please reach out to us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com with any questions, comments, suggestions for future topics. We love to hear from our community. Thank you again for your time. We know you could be spending this 30 minutes elsewhere, but we're very grateful that you spend your 30 minutes with us. And I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Gorman or Dr. Bennett, please send an email to info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. To learn more about healthy aging, visit our website at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Like what you hear? Be sure to rate and subscribe. See you next week.